Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon with you here, closing out the Monday edition of Oilers Now. Reminder that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, well known for a top shelf service department. They do not forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. Call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. 780 uh, 352 Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. They keep both Bob and Cam rolling in style. I always have the coffee on. There's good hockey talk. It's wonderful. It's <laughs> great place to go. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, so we know that already. And But Brent Ridge Ford, that's the spot. Can we get the copyright on the jingle released so that we can play that? When we start 5 to 7, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> okay. In the meantime, we're going to talk to George Larocque, who joins us uh, once a week for our friends at Contract Equipment Limited, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rentals and sales. He's a heavy hitter, and we're happy to have him aboard. George, how's it going today? Very good. How you guys doing? Excellent. We were just talking with Brian Wilds for the last half hour about the Montreal Canadiens. So a good day to have you on and basically ask everything that uh, we didn't get to ask Brian. But I'll start with with this, George. I'm not I'm not sure whether we've had you on since the Carlson trade was executed officially. But uh, we're sitting here joking that Montreal actually might have made out better than the Sharks themselves in that deal. Did it surprise you at all to see uh, Kent Hughes get in on? the action there and and uh, help broker things well you know Kent Hughes wanted to unload uh, some of the contracts to free up some money uh, you know every, every team knows how important it is to have uh, some space and uh, and a salary cap and we all know how much the, this would also help the Oilers because when it pays these handcuffs to the wall forget it, it, it it's so hard to improve your team and to add a piece uh, you know that you need uh, you know the trade deadline so Montreal wanted to unload uh, two two contracts that they didn't need, and they did. And uh, you know I, that, that, that was pretty. It's pretty impressive that what Kent Hughes has been doing uh, since being of a since since he's been there. And you know P3 like just the fact that he moved them back again, and he got a D man uh, list from like a, a desk defenseman you could say. Uh, Montreal is low at D, so. We'll see if you could crack the top six. But, uh, you know, right now, uh, they had some contract they had to get rid of. They did. So he's done an awesome job of, of, of that. And uh, see, a lot of young core this year. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. But I think they're going to be obviously better than last year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by the deadline. But I think that they might need another year. We could say that they're a playoff team. Uh, a pretty scathing review, George, from uh, Brian Wilds about the Yuri Slavkovsky pick. And he's saying that right now, obviously a lot still to be proven. Um, what do you think of how this is developing so far for a player that actually, when you go back and look at his junior stats, nothing really leaped off the page except for a big performance at the Olympic Games in his draft year. What do you think about the player? Well, first of all, uh, people just have to understand that this draft year, 
very deep, very strong draft. Just look at, just look at Shane Wright. Shane Wright that a lot of people thought he was going to be first. And now we're all questioning if the fact he's, he's even going to make, you know, the Kraken next year. So, you know, you're looking at that. So now everybody's looking at Logan Cooley this year and see, well, if he does good, then he'll be like the guy that should have been first. You know, we have to understand that this draft, it was an exceptional player that would come out of that draft. When you understand that, you're going to lower your expectation. What hurts Slavkovsky last year is because he got hurt also. So the fact that he got hurt is a big guy. Um, you know, uh, is that going to affect his development? I hope not. I, the one thing that I do hope that he's going to learn, though, is to keep his head up. When he played in Europe, he was so big that he was never going, he was never getting hit because he was bigger than everyone else. But in the NHL, when you're a big player like that, you're a target. And when you have your head down, you're going to get hit. So to keep, to keep his head high and hopefully it worked. I hope he's lighter and he worked, he worked on, on quickness and speed and, and, and a lot of things this summer. So he could come back strong. And if he could have 40 points in the second year in 80 games, it would be a, a really good step in the right direction. Outside of Slavkowski, George, who are some of the young players with the, the Montreal Canadiens that you're looking forward to watching this year? Well, obviously, Suzuki and Caulfield, we know that the connection together, Caulfield, if he didn't get surgery this year, would have scored between 40 and 50 goals. So that connection, those two players are anxious to be playing together. So they'll be lining it up. Suzuki played every game last year. He's in shape. Uh, he's ready to lead this team. It's going to be awesome to see those two guys. So I'm not like I'm not even concerned about their production. I think they're going to be awesome. To uh, these, uh, look forward to see uh, uh, Goulet. Goulet now is going to be healthy. Hopefully, he's healthy all year long. Uh, if he didn't get hurt last year, Goulet was going to be maybe a one of the nominate for the Calder. You know, started well this season. Um, he's an important player for the Canadian this year. So. If you could, uh, and I don't see any reason why you, you wouldn't be healthy all year long. So, you know, these guys are, are the future of this team for a long time, right? So that's why I'm excited. I'm excited to see Montambo too. Because Montambo now, he did so good last year. Now he has a chance to prove to everyone that he could be a number one. And, uh, and that they don't need to look for another goalie. They just need someone to support them. So that's also another guy that if you see if development is going to keep going because it, we know it takes a couple of years for a goalie to get mature. So, so for him, uh, you know, if you could take that role because the, that the Canadian need, that would be awesome because I don't think that Jay Collin uh, could be relied as to be a number one. He could do a good job as a number two, but not number one anymore. You go back to his uh, to the draft year of Sam Montembeau. He was taken by Florida, George, but in the third round, 77th overall. So when he came out a junior, there was a lot of thought that he could eventually be uh, Florida's guy, and things go different down there in South Florida, of course. And here he is now with the help of not only Jake Allen, but they bring Casey DeSmith in in part of brokering that Eric Carlson trade. And I, I don't think that can be discounted either. DeSmith's been very serviceable if they decide to keep him around. But I think they're going to trade him. I, I don't think, uh, you know, when Petrie and the Smith got traded to Montreal, the team didn't they make neither player available to, to talk to the media because their, their intention is to trade them both. Otherwise, they would have talked to the media. So I don't think the Smith would play one game in Montreal. I think they're going to move him. It's uh, two players that the Penguin needed to unload to free up some money for Carlson, which they did. But... Uh, I think right now the plan is to 
Tambo and Allen. And to be honest with you, even if you wanted to trade Jake Allen with his contract and the hockey that he gave you last year, you're going to find a team that will be interested in him. I look around the rest of the division and I see a lot of heavyweights coming in, <clears throat> excuse me, George, in the form of Ryan Reeves, uh, people be- beefing their their lineup up. Obviously, a lot asked of Arbor Jacki to fill that role at just 22 years old, but he's a player that everybody that watched him compete absolutely loves, 6'4", 239, but is he ready to provide that at you know the NHL level in a division that just loaded up with a Lucic, a Reeves, etc.? Well, uh, I'm a bit worried because, yes, he's younger. Yes, he's tough. But, again, uh, he's playing a division that Revolvery is going to be back. Uh, Canadian Boston, Canadian, uh, you know, Toronto, they're going to go after him for sure. I know Ryan Reed is going to go after him. I know Lucha is going to go after him. And I hope he's going to be ready. I hope that he trained this summer and he's ready for it because, yeah, we all want Jack Hyde to play hockey uh, and, and not – worry about it too much but he's going to be a target since he, he beat up Cassian and he, he challenged the league the thing that he said there's guys that are listening there's guys that are watching so he's going to have to win up to his word and he's going to have to match it up I'm not saying that he can't but he's going to face veterans that are very experienced so being strong as a fighter is not always enough you have to, you have to know the technique and, and, and that's harder so that's why all of these things all together Hopefully he got some help this summer because he's a very strong kid, but if he has the right technique, he could be the toughest guy in the NHL. So hopefully it will be okay. But, uh, you know, it's crazy to say that the toughest division in the NHL is the Atlantic now, and uh, there's going to be a lot of action there. And uh, for the people that don't like fighting, don't watch any of those teams play one another because I think there will be, uh, be a lot of fisticuffs. Yeah, I got hurt in that game against the Oilers, uh, Shaq, I did last year. George, and that's it because, is... And, that's be, and, and again, when he got hurt against the Arnaz, against it's because of his technique. Yes. You know, his technique. And even the Arnaz doesn't have a good technique. I, if I teach the Arnaz a couple of things, he'd be untouchable too because he's tall. He's a big kid, so he's strong too, but he, he, he doesn't have the best technique to fight, and that's the thing. Fighting is 90% technique, 10% strength. And that's the thing. It's not you can't just rely on strength to fight. And when I look at the Arnett, the way that he fights, you know, he could be much better because of his technique. Same thing with Jackai. You know, you have to be smart when you fight. You have to, to think. You have to study your opponent when you're in a fight. You, have, you can't just rely on strength because if you do, that's how you're going to get hurt. I see a potential for a, a George LaRock consulting business. I actually do. Uh, I do. Nice. I do for free. No, no, I do. Uh, I keep it private. There's only one guy that you guys find out because some parents filmed it when I was with Pezada, but there's other players in NHL that I'm helping too, but, and I do it for free. It's just a way to pay back forward, but I don't want anything in exchange. I'm just happy to help guys that are, it's kind of brotherhood doing that, right? So, and the fact that I could still do it today, I'm still pretty strong today at it, that I'm just happy when they ask me for help to find the time and, showing him how to defend himself and how to fight. So with the Oilers, George, doling out a couple of PTOs, confirm or deny you will not be getting a PTO to help out the toughness of the bottom part of this Oilers lineup? Uh, the NHL is way too fast. <laughs> McDavid would skate like 10 turns around me before going to score. Uh, Nurse would do the same. Actually, why do I see fast players on the team? 
who's the slowest player in the uh, in the order right now? Who's the slowest player on the team? Who do you guys say the slowest player is on the team? Oh. I don't want to call anybody out. Yeah. Maybe one of the goaltenders. <laughs> yeah. No, no, come on, tell me who's the okay. As the listeners, who's the slowest forward on the team right now? Come on, as the listeners right now, tell me, tell me one guy. Okay, so we're checking the with uh, the text line right now. Uh, okay, well, Warren wants to know: Are you good with league minimum to take a fourth line role? Oh. We answered that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe you guys. You can't even own up and just say the guy in your eyes that is the slowest with all the hockey I see what do you think that guy is going to go to the office grab you guys by the throat come yes <laughs> yes we works. do okay, I'm going to go out on a limb I'm going to say Derek Ryan is probably the least fleet of foot <laughs> that guy would skate 10 laps around me before <laughs> before he could score a goal okay so here you go I can't play in that league because even the slowest guy I can't keep up with him. So <laughs> yes, I could still fight if I was there, but fighting is down, and and you know it's uh, yeah the era is com- completely different. Uh, you know I liked it when fighting was there because hockey was more physical. Nice guys talking to one another in a warm up after they ate the night before, and if they where they want to go eat after the game. <laughs> yeah, it's vastly different. Well, uh, different George uh, we've got a commenter here that says uh, <clears throat> Cody CC might be the least fleet of foot so there you go <laughs> um, any uh, any reaction on your end to the Austin Matthews deal he's going to get the highest AAV the league's ever seen we expected that to be the case okay. when he re-signed but only four years on the term what do you think okay so I think that Leaf are very lucky that he resigned there because you know, I, I, I was wondering at one point if he was gonna, if he wanted to stay there, if he wanted to be a lease. And the fact that he did, uh, for him to stay, they had to give him that contract. Is he the most deserving guy in terms of contract? No. I don't think he's the best player in the league by far. Uh, even top 10, yes. But obviously, Connor is number one. And if Connor had to resign his deal today, he'd sign $15 million a year. I'm exaggerating, but. Just saying, in terms of nobody's going to debate Connor's the best player, and we're lucky we're having long term. But then when he resigns, he's going to go past that, and the cap goes up, so he'll make more money. So, but you know, it's good for the league that they have to, to be able to keep uh, Matthews. The, the big things with them is not Matthews; they have to get rid of uh, Tavares. That's the problem. The league, you have to keep Marner, Matthews, and Nylander. But as long as Tavares is there, you will be able to do so. It'll be a big mistake to let Neil and go, but for cap space, they have no room, so they might have no choice. So that's why they're in a really, really tough position. So we'll see what they're going to do. But, um, man, it's a, it's a very, very, very complicated for them right now because they need to improve that team but this trap for cash, so it's going to be very complicated. They seem like they're probably the team in the league waiting most for the salary cap to jump up so they can benefit and, and figure out exactly what direction they're going to take this. Parting ways with your captain that makes north of $10 million at this stage of his career, you're never going to get the value back that you've invested in him, so I don't even know what a deal like that would look like, but when you've got Nylander scoring 40 goals, that's pretty tough to part with too, so uh, Brad Treleving certainly certainly has it cut out for him. And then you've got to factor in that he wants to keep it a bit of a tougher roster with guys like Domi and Bertuzzi because of the nature of the Atlantic division. There's suddenly a lot of wrinkles going on in that Toronto lineup, George. Yeah, but you know what? 
Toronto right now is the toughest team in the NHL. Because once you see Bertuzzi and Domi, they'll be dancing on the ice, do whatever they want, because Reed is the toughest player in the NHL. They're going to have so much room. Domi and, and, and Bertuzzi, they'll be able to do whatever they want on the ice. So it's going to give room to all the skilled guys in Toronto that, you know, I expect, uh, you know, this year Matthews, uh, a healthy Matthews, uh, uh, you know, fighting for the Rocket Richard Trophy. So they'll be a tougher team to play against because of that toughness that they had into that team. That's why... You know, you know, the one thing they need to do, but obviously he has a no trade clause and he's a captain, so I don't know how they're going to do it. But the, 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 the least problem is Tavares. Tavares. With Tavares there, you know, with that money locked in, um, it's a, they're in a tough position. And I don't see Tavares ever lifting his no move clause to go elsewhere. You get rid of him in the room that you have, then you have a chance to prove your team to win. But the way to load up up front. And if they lose Nylander because of that, even with the toughness that they have, I think it's a big piece that they would be losing, and it's going to be tough to win if they lose them. George, really appreciate the time and the insight, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, bro. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. George LaRock joining us for our friends at Contract Equipment Limited. That's C-O-N-T-R-A-C. We're back with this day in Oilers history in a moment. I'll tell you first, though, that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. For a menu and a list of locations, go online, royalpizza.ca, or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Brendan and Cam, back to wrap it up after this. We'll go back in this day in Oilers history for our friends at New West Travel who, uh, well, they've got that trip to Nashville and it's official now. Don't miss your chance to join that exciting road trip down to Tennessee. You'll watch the Oilers play the Predators. It includes nonstop airfare uh, with Flair Airlines. You get four nights in a deluxe hotel near all the action. Lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with Bob and special guests. Those are always a blast, I hear. You can experience all that Music City USA has to offer this October. October on the Nashville road trip. Call New West Travel today or go online to newwesttravel.com. We'll go back nine years ago on this date, coming off 33 points and 74 games. Defenseman Justin Schultz resigns with the Oilers. A one-year, $3.675 million deal. Uh, failed to reach that point total the next season, though. Was traded to Pittsburgh in 2016 for a third-round pick in the 2016 draft. I know a lot of promise for Justin Schultz and uh, a time where the team couldn't really support him. Yeah, didn't... Uh, Justin Schultz has had a very good NHL career. It's just, you know, it was, it wasn't, um, I don't know. I know you say what you want. It wasn't meant to be here. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be here, but he's had a very good NHL career. Stay in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join that four-night Nashville road trip. Fly nonstop with Flair Airlines. Watch the Oilers and the Predators. Give New West Travel a call or visit newwesttravel.com. Reed Wilkins back in the big chair on Inside Sports tonight. And, of course, there's plenty of Elks to discuss. You will hear from Elks offensive lineman Mark Cordy talking about a two-game winning streak. They're 2-0 and in the second and a half. They've won on the road. They've won at home. Uh, they're answering all sorts of questions that we've had for far too long on that front. But you will hear from Mark Cordy, and then you'll get an episode of Elks this week with Morley Scott. I believe Blake Dermott going to give you
give you some thoughts on that. Tomorrow, we have Daily Face-Offs. Frank Saravalli brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. The last day of thoroughbred racing for the season this Friday, September 1st. More info, head to thehorses.com. Another fun one today, Moon. Yeah. They all are, but uh, this was a fun one. A loosey-goosey Monday <laughs> show, a couple of PTOs now officially announced by Edmonton. And uh, we, we're going to get one of them on the show this week, if not both. So Perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll hear from them. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, I and because uh, both players have had long, uh, solid NHL careers, they'll have lots to bring. So I hope we get both of them on. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. What an interesting story for Brandon Sutter and then the third tour of duty for, yes. for Sam Gagne. There's a lot of layers to that. So hope you'll stick around throughout the rest of the week as we break it down. Bob is back on Friday. Up next, you've got a global news weather update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge in uh, CHQR down in Calgary from 2 to 3. And then Chelsea on Ched takes over at 3 o'clock. Always appreciate you tuning in to us here on Oilers Now. Cam and I, back tomorrow. So long.